Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. Well, I want to share with you from Luke chapter 24, and then we'll jump to the book of Acts. Luke chapter 24, verse 44. Luke 24, 44. This is Jesus speaking. This is after he appeared to them. This is after Easter, after the resurrection. They were still hiding. Uh, He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. And then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, this is what is written The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. The Old Testament predicts the hero. The New Testament presents the hero. The Old Testament predicted the Messiah. The New Testament presents the Messiah. And the hero of all of history is Jesus. Everything in history points to Jesus. He's the hero. Jesus goes on to tell those disciples, you are witnesses of these things. You have seen them yourself. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but the next word is is stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And when he led them out to the vicinity of Bethlehem, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. That's the ascension. Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple praising God. Now I want to jump now to Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, which are our theme verses. Now Luke wrote Luke and Acts. Some people even call it Luke-Acts. It's a continuing story of Jesus' life through the working of the Holy Spirit. I like to think of Acts as not the Acts of the Apostles, but the act, uh, Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because without the empowering of the Holy Spirit, they weren't able to do anything. But there is a little bit of crossover here. It's like a, a, a sitcom that before this episode starts... They tell you a little bit about the last episode, kind of catch you up there. That's what's going on here. There's a bit of overlap. So Luke goes on to say in Luke 1, 4, and 5, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but what? What's the word? But wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with water with the Holy Spirit. So here we have it. Easter's over. Jesus was supernaturally raised from the dead. We talked last week how the resurrection changed everything from disillusionment to discouragement to despair to death. But the resurrection changes that to hope, courage, testimony, and life. So here are these disciples excited about what was happening. Jesus had risen from the dead. It says they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. They went from hiding to rejoicing. Surely they thought this was the time. They thought that now was the time that Jesus was going to make everything that's wrong 
he's going to make it right. That now's the time he's going to destroy the Romans who had oppressed God's people. That he was going to set up his kingdom and that they were going to be a part of it. Some would be at his right, some at his left, but they were all going to be in positions of power. They thought finally after all this time. But that's not what Jesus had for them. He tells them the next step that has to happen. So they were ready for power, and they were ready for all that went along with that. They thought, now's the time, and the first thing that Jesus tells them to do is wait. Wait. They're thinking, what? We've been waiting long enough. As a people, we've been waiting for thousands of years for the Messiah to come and to establish his kingdom on earth. As disciples, we've been waiting three years. We've heard everything that Jesus said, unlike anyone else. We've seen what Jesus has done, unlike anyone else. We're, we're ready now. And Jesus said to them, well, no, you're not ready. The first thing you have to do after the resurrection and after Easter is to, is to wait, is to wait. Now, I don't know about you, but I hate waiting. I don't like waiting in lines. I don't like being put on hold on the phone. Have you ever been on a hold on the phone for 13 or 14 days? Doesn't it seem like that while you're waiting? And the most annoying music that they could ever find. And you can't escape it because you started at, you're, you're in the queue, you're number 732. <laughs> and if you walk away from the phone for just a second, And you miss it, and you have to start all over again. You understand? Okay, so you get that. I don't like waiting in lines. I don't like waiting on the phone. I don't like waiting at restaurants. I like to go to restaurants at odd times. I'm not going to go to a restaurant Friday night at 7 o'clock. I'm not going to do that because I don't like waiting in line. Okay? So we, we don't do that. In fact, I don't know when this happened. It hasn't happened in my wife's life yet, but in my life, there was a point where I crossed over and that I started looking for the early bird special. <laughs> it was a very emotional moment for me. I don't like waiting, and none of us, none of us do. None of us do. But sometimes God has a period in our life when we want every promise to be fulfilled, and he says this one word that we don't want to hear. Wait, wait. The disciples didn't want to hear it. The nation of Israel didn't want to, to hear it. And yet that's exactly what he said they were going to have to do, to wait. Now I'm going to list the seven things that I'm going to talk about today. I have seven points, but they'll be, sh they'll be somewhat short. Okay, somewhat. Someone gave me the look just right now, sitting in the one, two, third row, and it wasn't Newt. Give me this look. Yeah, Dory's not here to keep me in line. She's on the other side. She's on the, the other side. Okay, so let me read through these seven points, and then we'll walk you, walk you through them. Number one, God knows better than we do. Number two, God doesn't stop working while we're waiting. Number three, waiting prepares us for what is next. Number four, his promise is fulfilled after a time of waiting. Number five, he determines how long we have to wait. Number six, we persevere in prayer 
until it is his time. And number seven, the wait is worth it. All right? So I'm going to walk you through these seven things. Number one, God knows better than we do. You have to start there. We have to start there. Sometimes we think we know what's best, but we don't. Abraham and Sarah thought they knew what was best. So instead of waiting for God's promise to be fulfilled, they had this great idea. Hey, Abraham, why don't you sleep with the servant girl? Bad idea. Bad idea. See, God had promised them, but he told them, you're going to have to what? Wait. Did God fulfill his promise to Abraham? Yes, but he had to what? You see? God knows better than we do. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. If you don't know this scripture, you need to learn it. You need to highlight it. You need to memorize it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. See, God knows better than we do. Number two. That was good, right? I'm already on the second point. How many are surprised and say amen? Little loud on the amen, I'm just saying. Little, little hurtful, little hurtful. Number two, God doesn't stop working when we're waiting. Isn't that good news? Even when we don't see it, even when we don't know what he's doing, he never stops working. I mean, think of it in the sense of, you know, uh, philosophically, if God is God, he can't stop working. He never stops working. But John 5, 17 says, Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. While we're in the middle of this waiting, know that God is always working. And what's he working on? He's working on our good and his glory. So even while we're waiting and we hate waiting for his promise to be fulfilled, he's still working. And at the end, when his promise is fulfilled, it's going to be for our good and for his glory that others might know that he is the true God. And others might look to him and give their lives to him and to worship him. God doesn't stop working while we're waiting. Number three, waiting prepares us for what is next. We have to go through this. It's part of the process. God doesn't uh, instantaneously answer all of our prayers. Now, sometimes he does. Sometimes he does miracles, and we believe that. We believe he's still a miracle-working God. But sometimes there's a process, and waiting is part of that process. And so I go back to our theme verse that we've mentioned quite often because it's so key that we get this in Acts 1, 4, and 5. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Again, after the resurrection, they're all hyped and ready to go. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. Wait for the gift that my father promised You can trust the Father. He promised it. He's going to give it. But before you receive it, you have to to wait, which you have heard me speak about. And here's what the promise is. John baptized in water, and they all knew John. I mean, John was a fierce guy, fierce. For John baptized in water, but in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's the promise of the Father. So it is going to happen, but you just have to to wait. 
Waiting prepares us for what's next. Number four, his promise is fulfilled after a time of waiting. Then we jump down to verse 8 in Acts chapter 1. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Remember in Luke, he said, you are my witnesses, but they weren't ready yet because they hadn't received the power of the Holy Spirit. They had to be obedient and wait for the Holy Spirit to be given. Then when the Holy Spirit was given, then when they were empowered supernaturally, then they went out and were witnesses, which I'm going to get to in just a few moments. But they had to wait for the promise to be fulfilled. Then you will be, after you wait, then you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Then you will be my witnesses, and you'll be witnesses that will touch the whole world, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. His promise is fulfilled because God always keeps his promises after a time of waiting. Number five, he determines how long we have to wait. We don't. Moses waited 80 years before his destiny was fulfilled. 40 years in the palace, 40 years in the desert. 80 years. Joseph waited in the neighborhood of 20 years. Jesus himself waited 30 years before he went into public ministry. We hear about him at approximately age 12, and then there's an, and, and that's all we heard from his birth to age 12. We hear nothing. Then he's in the temple doing the, the Lord's, the, his father's work. Then from 12 to 30, 18 years, we, we hear nothing. Jesus even had to wait. Now watch this. Jesus didn't start public ministry until he was baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, now watch now. Jesus' humanity veiled his glory. That's why he was hungry and thirsty. God, in all of his glory, is never hungry, never thirsty. But Jesus came to earth, took on flesh and blood, the Bible tells us. And so his glory was veiled in humanity and so he lived like we lived. If he didn't live like we lived, then he wouldn't be the, uh, 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 the substitute for us on the cross. If he wasn't 100% man, then he couldn't take our place. Now, if he didn't remain God, 100% God, then his sacrifice wouldn't have been sufficient for all humanity. So I like to think of the cross as he was 100% man and 100% God, and only Jesus could do that. But let's watch. So his humanity veiled his glory for a time, and so he didn't begin public ministry until he was baptized in water, right, by John the Baptist, and then the Holy Spirit descended and anointed him for ministry. And the father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. If Jesus had to wait for the Holy Spirit, and Jesus on earth needed the Holy Spirit to accomplish God's plan, how much more do I need to wait do I need the fullness and the power of the Holy Spirit in my life to accomplish his plan and his purpose in and through my life? And then Jesus, will, will just say he was anointed, will say he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then what was the next thing that happened? Does anybody know? 
Then he was tempted. For how long? He had to wait. It still wasn't God's time for him to begin his public ministry. Jesus had to wait. And sometimes we have to wait, even when we don't like it. But God establishes how long we have to wait. Waiting is part of the process. Okay, let me lighten it up a little bit. I, I don't really bake. I, I don't really cook that much. I can grill a little bit. Um, but my wife is, she's an unbelievable cook and an unbelievable baker. It's just, it's just craziness what, what she can do. Um, so let's imagine she puts all the ingredients into the, into the pan and, and, and she puts it in the oven and it says 45 minutes at certain temperature. Let's imagine that she would say, eh, I think 10 minutes is enough and pulls that baby out. How good would that come out? Not good. It would be inedible or for our purposes, unusable. Sometimes we want to be pulled out of the heat before God is done working in our lives. But he'll determine when that time is right. And when he pulls us out of the heat, then we'll fulfill the purpose that he had in mind for us all along. So you today, you can write this down. You're like cake. God's working while we're waiting. He determines how long we have to be in the oven. And listen, we've all experienced that time of waiting, haven't we? But even when the heat's turned up in our lives, God's working. He's going to accomplish good in our lives for his glory. We're going to accomplish more for him through the power of the Holy Spirit than we could ever do in our own strength. He determines how long we wait. That's number five. Number six, we persevere in prayer until it's God's time. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, one of the shortest verses in Scripture says this, pray continually. You know it how. Pray without what? Just keep praying. Just keep praying. Just keep asking. And the reason is because we need to remain in relationship with God while we're waiting. Abraham, Sarah, another good example. And there are other examples throughout Scripture of those that didn't wait. We need to maintain relationship with God Almighty while we're waiting for him to accomplish his purposes. Sometimes uh, through his word, through prayer, we need to hear God say, it's okay, I'm working. Look what I did in this person's life. I'm doing the same thing in your life. But when we start to get uh, uh, anxious, like we can't wait any longer, be careful. That's when you have to wait all the more because victory is right around the corner, okay? Are you still with me? I'm on point six. How many points are there? So you remember that. You remember that. Pray continually. Pray without ceasing. Don't stop praying. Stay in relationship with God. Number seven, the wait is worth it. Just like my wife's baking is always worth it when it's done and it's perfect. What God is doing in our lives, the wait is always worth it.
And so now we're, I'm going to jump to Acts again, Acts chapter 2. All right, so let me walk you through because I'm about to close. At the end of Luke, he rose, they were hiding, he appears to them, go and wait, stay in Jerusalem till the promise of the Father. And then in, 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 in Acts 1, go and wait till the Holy Spirit comes upon you and then you'll be filled with, with power. And then Acts chapter 2, they are filled with power. Acts chapter 2, verse 4, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven, and when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken, utterly amazed. They asked, aren't these who are speaking Galileans? then how is it that each of us hears them in our native languages? Both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. A miracle happened, but they had to wait for it to happen. They had to wait till God was, it was his time and it was his perfect timing and God's perfect plan to accomplish his perfect promise for our good, for his glory, and for the benefit of others. He did fulfill the promise of the Father. He did send the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then who gets up to preach? Do you know the story? Peter, the one that couldn't control his tongue and said stupid things. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, God used his tongue to preach the gospel. Then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Verse 14 of chapter 2, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. And 3,000 people were saved and baptized on that day. 3,000. How did it happen? Because Jesus is risen. What was their responsibility? Wait. 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 God will accomplish his purposes. Wait. God's still working. Wait. God's timing is perfect. Wait. The, worth, the, the wait will be worth it. Wait. Wait. 3,000 were saved. They waited and God worked. Can I tell you in your life today and in mine, wait. God is working. And you will see the fulfillment of his promises. So we ask today, what, what are you waiting for? Have there been prayers that you have prayed for so long? Can I encourage you, don't stop. Don't stop. God's working. You might not be able to see it yet, but he's, he's still working. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't get weary. He doesn't throw his hands up in the air and say, I don't know what to do now. He's working while we're waiting. Honestly, none of us like to wait. I don't like to wait. But God works through waiting to accomplish his purposes, to do exceedingly abundantly, more than we could ever ask or more than we could ever imagine. God works while we're waiting and it will be worth it through all eternity. I'm not going to mention anyone by name, 
But I know some of you waited for years and you wondered and maybe even with a little worry what was going to happen. But God brought something about that was better than anything you could ever ask or imagine. And the waiting was hard, but I bet you would say the waiting was worth it. It was worth it. There's a, a plant that grows in the southwest desert of America, and it's called a century plant, okay? Um, I'd never heard about it till I read it, but the century plant is unique in that it thrives in rocky, mountainous desert sites. So it thrives where nothing else does. It has dramatic leaves that can grow to be up to a foot wide, and the plant can reach 12 feet in diameter, okay? But what makes this plant unusual is that its long reproduction cycle, for 20 or 30 years, this six-foot-tall plant stands at the same height and puts out no flowers. So there it is, for 20 or 30 years, six foot, and nothing happens. Then after the, that, that, that period, and we'll, we'll put it into our terms, after that period of waiting, when it stayed at the same height, puts out no flowers for 30 to 40 years, then one year without warning, a new bud sprouts. And the bud, which resembles a tree trunk size asparagus spear, shoots into the sky and grows seven inches per day. So nothing happens for 30 or 40 years, and then all of a sudden, a bud shows up. And then it begins to grow at seven inches a day until it reaches the eventual height of 20 to 40 feet. Then it crowns itself. I love this writer. It crowns itself with yellowish blossoms that last up to three weeks. Like this century of century plant, many of the most glorious things that happen to us only come after a long wait. But the wait is worth it because God is working. Don't give up. Wait, wait, wait. It will be worth it all. It will be worth it all. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.